and welcome back to the Passive Patrick Podcast. We cover everything sports-related, sports news. What a first week in the NFL it was last week. So many good games, so many storylines to get to. Uh, We got some Thursday night football tonight, Chargers versus the Chiefs in an AFC West matchup. Uh, I'm going to get to that game, tell you guys who, uh, who I think will win that game. But this past weekend, we saw, you know, Brady going up against the Cowboys. He's now 7-0 against the Cowboys. He has not lost to the Cowboys. Uh, incredible record for Tom Brady. He is now uh, back in the NFL, coming out of retirement this last offseason. Um, obviously, there is rifts in his personal life that we're not going to get into, but Tom Brady is back, and, you know, he, he woke up uh, and said this on his podcast. Let's go. Uh, it's, a, it's a great question, and... You know, you you wrestle with different things as you get older. And I'd say the only thing that changes over time is, you know, you have different priorities when you get older, you know. And I think when I was 25, it was there was it was the simplicity of a 25 year old life, you know. And I think when you're 45 and you have a lot of other commitments and obligations, which are very important to you, namely children that are growing up and things that, you know, I haven't had a Christmas in 23 years. You know, I haven't had a Thanksgiving in 23 years. I haven't celebrated birthdays with people that I care about that are, you know, born from August to late January. And, you know, I'm not able to be at funerals and I'm not able to be at weddings. And I think there comes a point in your life where you say, you know what, I've had my fill. It's enough. And time to go on to move into other parts of life, which, you know, I push myself to the max and I, I got everything I could out of my ability. And I hope that everybody gets everything they can out of their ability. I hope that everybody maximizes their potential and opportunity in life you know so there's Brady talking about his career pretty much in a sense and uh, where he's been at in his career recently what he's been feeling it's a great uh, interview I suggest you go listen to it Uh, but he talks about how he's bruising easier uh, waking up after that game you know looking at his arm and there's bruises and cuts up and down it and you know he's he's got 16 more games to go and what he's kind of talking about in this podcast is his family life and how he's not been around for 23 years and you can see why it's a struggle for him because he loves this game and he's trying to push himself uh, to get the maximum potential out of it and it's really hard to quit when you're at the top of your game a lot of people say why did why didn't you just walk away after seven years you got nothing to prove you got seven rings you know walk away after 23 years excuse me but yeah I I love that he's back playing I think it's great but I I have to admit he sounds half in half out um I, I I have no doubt that when he steps on the football field he's committed but mentally he's having a battle uh, this year, more than any year in the previous uh, years. So, I, Brady is an enigma this year. The Bucks are an enigma. There's a lot of people that, honestly, Bucks fans that love this because, you know, the Buccaneers love it because of the sense that he came back, he has something to prove, and he doesn't want to come back and lose. Then it'll be for nothing. You don't need another playoff, you know. Oh, we made it to the playoffs. That's good. No, he needs a Super Bowl. So it's Super Bowl or bust for Tom Brady this year. And that's really all there is to it. It's very simple. That's not uh, that's not up for debate. It's, it's a Super Bowl or bust. And he knows that. And if he wins the Super Bowl, everything is warranted. If he misses the playoffs, definitely not warranted. If he makes the playoffs, no, not warranted. So he has a big, big year. And he has to capitalize on it. 
uh, 16 games, <laughs> if he's waking up with cuts and bruises after one game, it's going to be a rough year for Brady. It's going to be a rough year. But obviously he's had issues leaving this game, and I, I don't blame him if you were as good as him for that long. Anyone would have issues. You know, Chiefs fans, when Patrick Mahomes gets older, if he's still doing what he's doing at 38, they're going to be like, well, why would you leave? Why would you leave? Just stay. You, you're keeping doing this thing. You know, that's how Tom Brady fans think. Why would a guy on his level leave right now? He was voted number one player in his league this year by the players. Everyone said that. It's not like he had a big drop-off or a slump. That didn't happen. That's not That's not what happened. He had another MVP season. He could have been the MVP. He, it was right there between him and Rodgers. Him and Aaron were battling for that MVP spot. But it, it's a great interview, and all in all, I think Tom Brady wants to be done with the sport, and I think there's part of him that doesn't want to be done with the sport. And it's very complicated, because, you know, he's still at the top. And he could win a Super Bowl this year. My, I'm coming around to the idea of him winning a Super Bowl this year with the Bucks. Uh, early on, I wasn't for sure. But I, I definitely am coming around to that that idea. Because you just see the competitive edge that he has. And when he does commit, he's committed. But this is the first year that he's shown a little bit of uncommitment. But he, he's, for the majority, I'd say he's 90% committed. And that's enough. That's enough to win a Super Bowl. 90% committed. Way more than enough. So I, I'm coming around to that idea. We'll see as the season plays out. Uh, another interesting story that came out of that Bucks cowboys game is Dak Prescott has a finger injury. Okay, it was reported that he was going to miss six to eight weeks with this finger injury. Uh, it looks like a little fracture on the top of the thumb. So, you know, I don't think it'll affect his throwing motion at least that's what some doctors have said but Jerry Jones came out and said Dak won't go on IR he has a real chance to return in less than four weeks and this is why Cowboys fans and the Cowboys have a you know a delusional uh, sense about them because in the end they are always and I mean they are always pushing for something Jerry Jones is always pushing for something the media with the Cowboys this is their year this is the year they win the Super Bowl this is it um Dak's injury isn't that bad we'll see if uh Tyron Smith comes back you know he he could get back in you know in November not December and Dak will get back in four weeks maybe three to four maybe under that Cowboys fans excuse me are so delusionally optimistic it's, it's incredible because Jerry Jones does this. He goes on his um, press conference and he says some stuff that can be taken as outlandish. And <laughs> that's what Jerry Jones does. Mike McCarthy is not the coach. It's Jerry Jones. He's the owner, GM, and coach behind the scenes. That's how it's always been with Jerry. But I, I think this could affect them. Even if Dak is out four games, I think this could affect them. If they are, you know... If, let's say let's say he's out five games, and let's say they're two and three. Let's just say they play it careful with him, and he's out five games, which I could see being realistic. I don't think it'll be eight or nine. I think it'll be five games. So he's got four more left, you know. I think, and they'll be two and three. I think Cooper Rush can get them two wins. I I think that's realistic that Cooper Rush can get them some wins, at least two. But Dak Prescott will come back, and their season, I, the Cowboys are going to do what Cowboys do, even if Dak would come back after three weeks. The, they're still not going to clutch up and make the, the Super Bowl. 
They're just not. That the Cowboys have done this. Everyone talks about how delusion or not delusional, how dysfunctional the Jaguars are, how the Commanders, how the Browns are, and yes, there is a lot of dysfunction with those teams. But the Cowboys should fit right in there. I I don't know why we keep the Cowboys out of that dysfunctional, um, meddling owner. They'll never win. You know, there there's stuff that's happening behind the scenes because that's happening in Dallas. That is. Yeah, tell me that's not happening in Dallas. Um, but Dax Prescott injuries. Uh, we'll we'll see what happens with that. Dax uh, Warrior. He comes back. He fights through pain. Some guys have a tolerance, more of a tolerance than other guys, and they just you know they put it out of their mind. They attack the injury before the injury attacks them per se. So Jerry Jones makes these statements. I think Dak will come back week five. I think they'll get two wins. This coming week against Cincinnati, Joe Burrow is going to bounce back. That that was not a performance that Joe Burrow is happy about or the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, get ready to see them come back and win big against uh, Dallas. Dallas will start out 0-2. You know, and, and in, in the NFC East, nothing is set. It doesn't matter who's in first. Even if the Cowboys go 0-5, they could come back and that division will be close. But I just think Cowboys will do what Cowboys have always done. That's what I think. I don't think Cowboys are winning anything. <laughs> be interesting to see what happens with them. Another great storyline that came out this past week was Monday Night Football, where Russell Wilson... And the Denver Broncos went back to Seattle. He went back and had his big comeback game against his former team. And there was a lot of speculation on who would win this game. I picked the Broncos. I did not think Seattle was going to get this win. It was Geno Smith versus Russell Wilson in the end. And that's what I've, That's why I picked it. Russell Wilson's a better quarterback than Geno Smith. But the Seattle Seahawks were fired up that night in Seattle and the crowd was into it, and it was so loud in there. I, I've heard it was one of the loudest games in Seattle ever, that's including the playoffs, because there was some real negative feelings against Russ. There was some real negative feelings there from fans, and I, I didn't think he deserved that. He played 10 years there, or more than 10 years, I think, and he had a great career there. Won him a Super Bowl, went to one. Um, they should have won more. That was a failed you know, opportunity by the Seattle Sea Seahawks. That's what I always say when you have an ultra talented quarterback, even Aaron Rodgers, Seattle. Uh, you got to win more than one. You just have to, or you have squandered a once in a lifetime talent. It's what I say about the Chiefs too with Patrick Mahomes. You got to win more. Got to win at least two more, and it's successful because you can't just win one and say, "Well, that was a success after 15, 16 years with a quarterback, 17 years, whatever." You can't say that because, no, it it was, in the long run, a failure because you couldn't put the pieces around him to win more. And now, who do you have starting? And we're in that situation, you know, with Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson right now. He's got to win another one, Russ. But he went back, and, you know, they fell short. And the big storyline was, you know, fourth and four, Nathaniel Hackett kind of blundered the time clock on that. He kind of messed around, tried some stuff, and... You know, he came out and said, "If we get to the 46, we're gonna we're gonna kick it." Coaching, second guessing, and everything. I, I think the big one that it comes down to, coach, is uh, fourth and five with Russell Wilson or 64 yards with Brandon. Mass. Yeah, 
you know, looking back at it, we definitely should have gone for it. Um, just not, not, you know, one of those things you look back at it and you say, of course we should go for it. We missed the field goal. Um, but in that situation, we had a plan. I mean, we had a plan. We knew that the 46 was the mark. Uh, we were third and 15, I think, third and 13. I'm more upset about that play before it to lose yards, to be able to, you know, Getting that there would have definitely uh, been better to be able to call that same play and get extra yards. But um, he dumps it out to Javante. Javante makes a move, goes a lot farther than I think we had anticipated. We were expecting to go for it on fourth down. And then you hit the mark, you know, the mark that we had all set before we started. We said uh, 46 yards, 46-yard uh, line was where we wanted to be. And uh, we got there. So we had to make the decision if we wanted to give it to, uh, you know, Brandon. And we did. And it didn't work. It sucks. But, hey, that's part of it. Yeah, it's a combination of pregame, the stuff that they've been doing during, uh, you know, the practice, all that stuff, how he's feeling, all those things. And that was the yard line that we set. I don't understand uh, at all. It sounds like, you know, this this story will go away for the simple fact of he's admitted he was wrong and they should have gone for it. But let's not forget the reason he admitted that. It's because he said eh, the field goal didn't work. If the field goal worked, there wouldn't be any regret on it. And Nathaniel Hackett would be saying, yeah, it was a great call. We felt comfortable. A very interesting strategy from Nathaniel Hackett. That's what I'll say. Uh, this is exactly, you have to be very careful if you're Denver, because this is exactly why Russell Wilson left Seattle. Pete Carroll, there was reports he did not believe in Russ, and he believed in his defense more than Russ. It was the saying he... You know, let Russ cook is what Seattle fans said. So I have some mixed emotions on it of why you felt the need to tell your 220-some million dollar quarterback to go sit on the bench. Uh, we got our kicker out here, and now I get it if that's the game plan. They set that. But you need to, you know, go with how the what the game is telling you. You need to have that flow with it. So if you need to feel it out, they weren't moving the ball very well the whole night. But fourth and five, I, I'm all for if, you know, they decide to kick it, put some faith in the kicker, just take the easy points. I'm all for that. I think they should have kicked the field goal a couple times there in the red zone. You know, they, they would they would have solved, solved a lot of their issues if they could have done that. But they had penalties. They fumbled twice in the red zone. And I'm all for taking the safe kick. I don't blame Matt LaFleur. For taking the ball out of Aaron Rodgers' hands in that big playoff game against the Bucks, and saying, you're not moving the ball, we're going to kick the field goal. Because they, they were in range, they could kick the field goal, and Aaron Rodgers didn't have it. So Aaron Rodgers didn't have it. And I'm all for that call. Alright, I'm sorry, but th they needed to take the field goal in that playoff game against the Bucks. But this, I feel like it's a regular season game, you're 4th and 5 you're really out of range here, and you got your quarterback who you paid a lot of money and gave up your future for. Got to give him the ball, man. And now we'll see Nathaniel Hackett. Now, if he makes a couple more questionable calls in the next few games, then there's going to be some conversations happening. But he he admitted his wrong. He's, he's admitted that, so I think the story will go away uh, just because he's admitted that, you know, he was wrong. All right. Let's get to some of my picks of the week. Who we're going to be going with, who we're not going to be going with. Now, uh, my record from the past week, I, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. I went 12-4. and four. I mean, that that's pretty good, I consider, you know. 
Uh, my losses were the 49ers. That was a big upset. Bears came out and won. Uh, I thought the, the Panthers would get that win, but they didn't. Yeah, And uh, Titans, I picked them to beat the Giants, but they ended up losing by one. And Broncos lost. Uh, now, th there was a tie in there that I, I took, you know, just as a W. Uh, that's what I do with ties. Um, I just... They're too hard to count. Sometimes I'll count them as losses, but I took that as uh, the Colts and Texans. I took that as a, a W. So uh, it, that's what I do on ties because, you know, whatever. <laughs> so uh, that's that's overall uh, my record from week one. So I'm happy with that. And I got my uh, week two predictions that I'm uh, going to get to because week two kicks off tonight and we're just going to go ahead and get into it. We have the we have the Chiefs and Chargers playing tonight. Okay? That's tonight. That's a big, big game for these two teams. Justin Herbert going up against Patrick Mahomes. Two big heavyweights in the AFC West. I still have the Chiefs uh, taking first place, um, you know, in that division. I got them winning it. Uh, I, I think Chiefs are going to win tonight, even though the Chargers are crazy good. Justin Herbert's making all the right throws. I think the Chiefs come out on top, uh, 21-31, because the Chiefs got, they, they showed that even without Tyreek Hill, Mahomes still does the rollout, no-look passes, he's still got Hardman, Juju Smith-Schuster, Valdez-Scantley, he's got Kelsey, too many weapons for the Chargers, and, you know, I don't know the status of Keenan Allen, if he's going to play or not, so uh, Chiefs take this win, even though Herbert's crazy awesome. Uh, then I got the Steelers. Steelers are going to be going up against the uh, Patriots. Now, the Patriots didn't show much, so I, I have the Steelers coming out on top with this win. Uh, just because, you know, Bill Belichick, we don't really know what the, the Patriots are doing. Bill Belichick has showed that he's kind of the old-school style coach, my way or the highway. I'm worried about the development of Mac Jones. Just what's going to uh, happen with him? Will he suffer from all these, you know, changes and confusions of who's calling the play? Bill Belichick, and I, I just don't see it with the Patriots. I have the Steelers winning that game 13-17. Uh, okay, and then next we have the Panthers versus the Giants. Now, the Giants showed that they have some fight in them. Uh, Saquon Barkley came out, and he's looking good. You know, and uh, I, I was kind of impressed with what I've seen. Now, the Giants don't have a strong passing game, and that's because of Daniel Jones, and he's just a mistake waiting to happen. But the Panthers will come out on top against the Giants just because Baker Mayfield will have a little more fight in him. I think the Panthers, they lost a game, questionable call at the end there. Uh, I have the Panthers winning 24-27. The Jets at the Browns. We don't have to say much. It's the Jets. They're going against the Browns out of Jacoby Brissett versus Joe Flacco. Uh, I'll take Joby, uh, Jacoby Brissett any day. Excuse me. So I have the Browns winning that game 14-21. Then we have the Colts at Jags. Now the Colts showed that, you know, they tied obviously, but they showed that they can get their offensive going. Obviously the Jags with Trevor Lawrence, he's improved a little bit from the past year. I still have the Colts winning 24-31, just because you got Matt Ryan experience, you got Jonathan Taylor, and you got you got Pittman, you got some guys that are that are pretty good. So I got the Colts winning 24-31. Ravens, the Baltimore Ravens will go up against the Dolphins, and I loved what I saw from the Dolphins, and I love Tua, and I love Hill. He's getting the ball to his guys, and they're making plays. 
but Lamar Jackson made way more plays. And Lamar Jackson's got a bigger chip on his shoulder this season with what he needs to prove and who he is and the passer that he is. I have the Ravens winning 13-21. Then we're going to go ahead and we're going to go to the Buccaneers versus the Saints. Now, the Saints have owned <laughs> Tom Brady. Uh, you know, obviously the win-loss ratio, not in that way. But as far as getting to Tom Brady, the Saints have done a very good job. But all in all, it comes down to the quarterback. And like I said early in the podcast, Tom Brady has a lot to prove this year. I think this is the year they won't get to Tom Brady as much. He's going to win this game 24-34. The Bucks win. Now, the Commanders. I loved what I saw from my Commanders last week. I loved it. And they have they have an easier schedule starting out. They had the Jags, you know, they won, and now they have the Lions. I, I'm picking my Commanders 100%. Now it's an out-of-town game, but I'm picking the Commanders just because I liked what I saw from Wentz. Um, they're going to win 14-24. Wentz made some mistakes, granted, but against Jared Goff and the Lions, we should be able to pull this win in. Okay. Now, we're going to move on to the 49ers, Seahawks at 49ers. So, the Seahawks came out and won big with Geno Smith. First week. Loved it. Geno Smith was uh, on point. I loved the way he played. This shocked the Broncos. Came out and won. Had a great completion percentage. Now, I'm going to give the win to the 49ers. Because the 49ers were not expecting to lose to the Bears. <laughs> and... Those conditions were really hard to play in, and we'll see what Trey Lance does in Week 2. And so the 49ers win that game 13-21. I also believe the 49ers have the better defense out of the two. We got Falcons versus Rams. The Rams come out and win this one. Uh, no surprise here. Uh, 21-34. I just, you know, Marcus Mariota. There, there it is. They still got weapons in the Falcons, but they are, they're, they're rebuilding, let's be real. So the Rams win 21-34. I have the Raiders winning 10 to 17 uh, over the Cardinals. Kyler Murray and the Cardinals, they are very, you know, good team, very good. But there's been some distractions obviously with Kyler Murray and everything. So I have the Raiders winning. You you got DeVonte Smith who put up 140 some yards plus uh, in his first game with the Raiders. Him and Derek Carr obviously have a connection. I have the Raiders getting their uh, the first win of the season. Uh 10-17 Raiders win. Broncos, they are going to bounce back this year, 21-28. I have the Broncos beating the Texans. The Texans are the Texans. I'm putting my faith in the Broncos and Nathaniel Hackett. If he makes another questionable call, we'll see. But the Broncos should be able to take out the Texans. Bengals go in to Dallas to play the Cowboys. I have the Bengals winning 14-31. The reason I have them winning is Joe Burrow did not play his best game at all. And, you know, without Dak Prescott, I don't think the Cowboys will be able to beat a motivated Bengals team. They got Cooper Rush, but I'm putting my faith in Joe Burrow. He took them to the Super Bowl. Not a big uh, surprise here. Bengals win 14-31. All right, we're moving on because we have a great game with the Bears and Packers and a big, big, big NFC North uh, divisional matchup. So I have the Packers winning this game against the Bears. Now, I love what I saw from the Bears and Justin Fields, a newfound confidence in them. But I still have the Packers getting this win because it's Aaron Rodgers. I have the Packers winning 17-27. Now, I believe the Bears are playing with a little more fire this season. And the Packers, <laughs> Aaron Rodgers is working with a bunch of rookies. 
but I'm still taking the Packers because I think Aaron Rodgers can elevate them. And we have a the big game, Monday Night Football, Titans versus Bills. The Bills are going to take this game. The Bills are on another level this year. I think it'll be a rematch in the AFC Chiefs versus Bills uh, in the AFC Championship. That wasn't a rematch, but I think they're going to have a uh, a big re- a big uh, game in the AFC Championship, excuse me. So I think the Bills are just the better team. Derrick Henry didn't overly impress me, so I have the Bills winning 20-34. I just like what I've seen from the Bills. I just do. All right, and then we're going to finish it off with the Eagle Vikings versus the Eagles. Now, the Eagles showed a lot of fight. They did. But I got the Vikings winning. The Eagles, they, they put up numbers, man. Jalen Hurts and that team, Devontae Smith, you got a good defense. But Kirk Cousins, man, Kirk Cousins is playing great, all right? And even though I think the Eagles will put up points in this game, I think the Vikings will come out on top because Kirk Cousins, he he doesn't turn the ball over, you know, in the regular season. He's going to have a solid year, and I think the Vikings pull out this win 21-28. And that's my week two predictions. I feel pretty good. I'm 12-4. and I'm hoping to improve this coming week. Uh, it kicks off tonight. Can't wait to watch some uh, Thursday night football. It's going to be awesome. Alright, I'm going to get to the segment, my highs and lows of the week. Take it away. I mean, I dropped out in the fourth grade to run drugs to support my now. That means you have to know the triumphs and defeats, the epic highs and lows of high school football. Epic highs and lows of the week, what I loved, what I didn't love. I'm going to start out with what I didn't love. Uh, big L for Brett Favre. Uh, Big story coming out in Mississippi that he took money illegally with um, some other politician. Uh, don't know who, but took money illegally from a welfare fund from the Mississippi taxes. Used it to ball, buy a, put up a volleyball uh, court uh, from when his daughter played at that university. And passed it off as he donated it. Did not like it. Not going to spend too much time on it. But because I think other media sources are, <laughs> you know ripping Brett Favre. Not a good look for Brett Favre. Not a fan of it. Now, what I did love from this past week. Roger Federer uh, is retiring. He announced on social media that he's ending his competitive tennis career, and next week will be his last uh, competitive match. He's a 20-time Grand Slam champion. He has proved everything he needs to prove. Uh, Next week, the LeVar Cup uh, Lever Cup, I think. Uh, I don't know how you pronounce it. Next week in London will be his final ATP event. So, great career for Roger Federer. Uh, it's sad to see him go. I've watched him my whole life, uh, off and on through the tennis career. You know, him and Serena Williams, they're calling it a career, but I loved watching their career, and it's really nice to see him going out on top. So, that's what I uh, kind of liked uh, and what I kind of loved from this week and what I didn't like from this past week. So, sports has been rolling. There's no shortage of stories. We could have talked about any number of things today. We could have touched on the Suns uh, suspending the owner there for his racism, sexist, and misogynistic comments within the organization. We could have touched on that. Obviously, did not like that either. Uh, I think there could have been a more severe punishment for him, but, you know, fining him $10 million and banning him for a year but that has no place in sports, so um, very sad topic there, but there's so many sports things we could have gotten into, 
love talking about what we talked about today. The NFL is back. <laughs> Thank the Lord NFL is back because it just gives content. And the NBA is going to be getting ready to go in another month and a half or so. Going to see what the teams there do, what the Lakers are doing. Uh, loved what Cleveland did this past you know offseason, adding Donovan Mitchell. He was getting off the plane, saw some film of that. So that's exciting for Cleveland fans. <laughs> Coming from Utah to Cleveland, Donovan Mitchell seems to be pumped up about it. They got a great team there in Cleveland. That's a sleeper team. That is. That is going to be a dangerous young team. We're going to all have to keep our eyes on come NBA season. As a Commanders fan, liked what I saw. Jahan Dotson, really. Jahani Dotson made some really great plays. Uh, Terry McLaurin's making plays. Carson Wentz, he had, yeah, he had a few mistakes, but Carson Wentz brought us back. Walking to him, Wentz, so <laughs> I, I like what I've seen. The defense looks pretty good. You know, I do miss Matt Ioannidis. Uh, I know that defensive line, that backfield, uh, defensive line was kind of crowded. Uh, the backfield, I think, needs a little improvement. They kind of let the Jags score there a little later in the game, so I wasn't a fan of that. I think Ron Rivera, though, has these guys playing inspired football and really hard football, uh, disciplined football. I, I think we have a really good shot to come out on the NFC East, and I know that's kind of a hot take with the Eagles and the Cowboys, but uh, I think this is an opportunity because Giants have a mess at quarterback. Cowboys have Cooper Rush starting at quarterback. I love Jalen Hurts, but I I like our chances. I like Carson Wentz. I, I think we have a solid team. So I can't wait for week two. Week two of NFL football, ladies and gentlemen, it kicks off tonight. Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast. This is Pass It to Patrick. Follow me on all my social media platforms, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, give it all a follow. Give the podcast a like. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And leave a review. Tell me if you like it or you didn't like it. Have a good one.